what's going on world look my name is wood this is it's always personal um man i have neglected it's always personal uh the last time i did one was several weeks ago when we all lived in quite a different world um it was like a week before this nationwide quarantine situation uh you know, took place, fell in all of our laps. And over the last seven, several weeks, you know, I've, I've just been adapting to the new way of living. You know, things happened at my job, you know, and my, with my employer in my office, uh, you know, there's daily updates of what's going on and, 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 you know, the economy crumbling and then uh, the restart, the reopening of everything and, and the steps to get back going, so on and so forth, man. A lot of shit has transpired. And I was sitting around thinking about how to get back. You know, I needed to get some, I, need, I needed to do another episode. And I had some personal things to talk about, some, some family things that were delicate that I wanted to get into. But was kind of, uh, I had my reservations about sharing, uh, you know, personal relationships in my family. Real quick, real quick aside, I actually fell out with my mother and I've mentioned some things with her, my relationship with my mom a couple of times. And I love my mom, but, um, due to some other things I was frustrated about and something that she did that I've asked her not to do for 20 years and it happened again. But right before this COVID-19 situation erupted, I just, I needed a break from her. (laughs) I needed a break from mom before I really put my foot down on some stuff. And we kind of weren't talking Cause I wanted her to understand where I was coming from. Cause my mom is, is getting older and I want our relationship to be harmonious for whatever time she has left. So anyway, we had this break and, um, I left, I left it open-ended on when I was going to reach back out to her and resume, you know, our relationship. And then this COVID shit happened and a couple of maybe three or four days went by and um, maybe, maybe about three or four. And then I called my mom and I said, hey, if you need anything from the store, let me know. You know, I know I know you're on my shit list right now, but we don't know what's going on with this. You know how this uh, this virus is, uh, you know, moving around and airborne, not airborne. What the what? we don't know anything. So I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if my younger brother, who I told, I've mentioned on here before, has a little rift with my mom, but fuck all that, you know, I put all that shit to, to, to the side right now. If you need anything from the store, I will gladly go and get it for you and bring it to you. Stay your ass in the house. And uh, incidentally, man, our relationship kind of, you know, resumed as a result of this shit. And just like my mom, she didn't even think to apologize or take stock of what caused the hiccup. 
And then with everything that was happening, I was like, man, let me let that shit go right now and be be a, and continue to be of service to my mother and make sure that she doesn't have to go out unless she needs to. She's 72. Um, but anyway, so that was going on. That was part of what I was going to do a show about. But now um, in this last week or so, man, this the, the, the new new, you know, the, this new shit that had me fucked up was this video that popped. I had been seeing shit on this, this Ahmad Arbery situation. I had been seeing a name, some shit on uh, the, the typical activist people on Instagram. And I hadn't really seen too much about it. But then the fucking video hit me like three days ago. Today is the 8th. I want to say I saw the video on maybe May 5th or, or May 6th. And then this shit just... It, it 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 took me back to earlier shit and this shit is like PTSD or or some mixture of shit I don't know but anyway that's what I'm going to talk about and I'm going to try to be I'm I'm going to be really well I'm not so I got five things that I'm going to discuss I'm going to give you a rundown on where I am with this this case last night before I went to bed the shooters or the killers of Ahmad Arbery, father Gregory McMichael and son Travis McMichael of Brunswick, Georgia, they were arrested. And I thought to myself before I turned off the light to go to sleep, thank goodness, you know, shit. Thank goodness from the video that I watched, that was the minimum that should have happened. So I'm going to run through the case really quickly on some important details that I want to say. And other people are saying it too, but I guess my issue with some of this shit that I see on YouTube, some of these brothers that I see on these, these activist cats that I see on, on, uh, Instagram, a lot of this shit is pretty messy to me. And when it's somebody losing their life in this manner, there needs to be some organization and some attention to detail when discussing some of this shit. So I'm going to get into like I'm Don Lemon or uh, Ed Bradley or some shit. But anyway, uh, the second thing is the first time I encountered this shit, it wasn't Trayvon Martin, which I believe was in 2012. 1998, James Byrd was the first time that this shit smacked me in my fucking face that shit, that lynching shit and all that shit in the history books and, and so on and so forth. Like this shit can, can be very real. So uh, I want to revisit James Byrd just very quickly just to contextualize where I am and why this shit affected me. Why this fucking video affected me. As it should affect any normal human being, white or black. Then I also want to go back. The third thing is uh, Philando Castile and kind of how that something happened here with this Arbery situation that happened here that happened with the uh, Castile situation several years ago. I just want to make a quick note of, of why this impacted me the way that it did. Then also for the fourth thing, this shit ain't really just about unarmed black people being killed by police officers or 
uh, on some hate crime shit or, you know, just by some citizen with the whole, like, Jordan Davis, the young boy, killed at the uh, at a store. And there was that brother that was shot down in Florida, I believe, killed in front of his family by an older white guy who said that the dude threatened him. Like, this this shit is fucked up. But it's, but it's not just about me sitting here as a black man fucked up by seeing black people being done dirty and wrong. There was also this white kid that, that I saw a video of one time that was some of the most harrowing shit that I've fucking watched. And it was, a uh, his name was Daniel Shaver. I'm gonna touch on that. And then on the, on, to close it out, my reaction and, and kind of my thoughts about what's next. And I'll touch on something with, uh, Trayvon Martin and, and his father, Tracy Martin. And when you see all of this shit online about running out here and, and, and what needs to be done and, and, we got to do this and who needs to do that and something has to happen and they need to be killed and, and you know I got just some thoughts on that shit so I get to all this as, as quickly as I can this is It's Always Personal my name is Wood check me out on Instagram I got a couple of posts up about this you can find me at waterbed w-a-t-e-r-b-e-d underscore r-e-g that's on Instagram. On the other side of this break, I come back and get into Ahmad Arbery. All right. So um, I'm going to get into this, man. I'm going to have some detail. I'm not going to give every single detail i want to try to make this shit is five things that i'm talking through i want to try to make this quick as possible i know it's difficult to get listens to shit and to get feedback from shit uh so i don't want to waste a lot of my time but i basically want to have a couple of moments to myself my wife is upstairs i wanted to have i'm looking at this as like therapy for myself just to talk through this shit and to say that I did something, um, I, I put a very detailed post on Instagram that um, it's, I think is some pertinent information. And I, I, maybe I hit on that in the in the closing. But um, the background here is that, like I said, I saw things. I saw Ahmad Ahmad Arbery different stories. On Instagram, I start a couple days ago. I started seeing his name popping up, and uh, you know, it was just words, and it was captions, and it was, you know, it's people saying, "Find out about this, look into this, blah blah blah." And I think maybe around the third or the second or something, or the the second through fourth, I want to say I. Uh, I Googled the name and I'm starting to see, you know, this black jogger, 25 year old, uh, black male in, uh, Georgia was killed by two men, you know, a father and a son, two white men. And I'm like, man, fuck, here we go again. Well, you know, but I'm, I'm gonna follow the story. I'm gonna monitor the situation. Um, then, like I said, I want to say it was either May 5th, maybe May 6th. I see on one of those uh, 
whatever. I, I see the video. And I watch the video footage. And I'm fucking furious at what I see and what I hear. And um, this brother, he, you hear the bullet, you hear three gunshots, I believe it's three. And then you see... And then you see uh, Arbery disengage from Travis McMichael, the son. They were wrestling over a shotgun that McMichael got out of the truck. I'll get into that in a second. But Ahmad walks away. You can tell he's been hit by a bullet, by a bullet. He's been shot. And his body language just starts changing immediately. He takes a few steps steps away with each step he's moving slower and slower it's like he's dying on his feet he's dying walking and he collapses to the ground and you know and then that's the video I think kind of ends now I'm mentioning this because I've seen these videos the last several years we didn't have video on um, Trayvon but there was some um the Laquan McDonald shooting by the Chicago Police Department in Chicago. That video. To watch that young man walking a, walking away from the police. Yeah, he was non-compliant, and you know, kind of put him, placed himself in a in a fucked up situation with three or four cop cars, you know, stopped and and weapons drawn, aiming at him. And he's, you know, kind of uh, energetic and defiant and walks away and they spray him. But what, what fucks me up is you see these bullets hit this dude, his body goes limp. And then as he's laying on the ground, his body is billowing smoke in a couple of different places where he's been struck by these bullets. And this this fucks me up, man. I, I mean, as a human being... That shit ain't normal to me. It's just not. So, in this, so I get to, I see this video, man, and I'm sitting there. I might even watched it in my truck or something on, on my way to, to my mom's to cut her grass or something. And I'm just furious. Like, man, this shit can't continue to fucking happen. And and what can I actually do besides get online? typing shit like I want to do something and then lastly well I won't even go there right now but anyway the background on this stuff is that this 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 25 year old black man was jogging in this neighborhood uh, I believe it's called Santilla or Satilla Shores it's in Brunswick Georgia he runs by um this father and son that are doing something out in their yard or their garage uh, father Gregory McMichael and son Travis McMichael I think the father's 30, 64 and I believe the son is 34 so as he gets past them as Arberry gets past them somehow or another the McMichaels end up in a truck with Travis up in the tr- back of the truck bed with a shotgun and there's somebody driving behind who's filming this with the video. That individual's name is um, William Bryant. He's a neighbor 
of the McMichaels. They get down the road. They get in front of. Uh, they get in front of uh, Arberry, and Arberry is probably like, man, who the fuck are these dudes? Damn, you know, I, I haven't. Uh, I'm I'm out jogging. I don't have I don't have any reason to talk to them. So he goes and tries to go around, and then from this video that I watch, and I'm not completely correct here on all of my details. I don't know if words are said, so on and so forth, but Travis jumps down out of the truck, the back of the truck bed, and starts walking towards um, Ahmad Arbery with his shotgun. They come together and engage, and they're wrestling over this shotgun. And like I said, described earlier, at the end of this altercation, um, Ahmad Arbery dis unengaged or disengages from from the the fighting and the wrestling and he starts walking away and he collapses to the ground so I, i've mentioned here that's your shooters um and the video in the in the in the, the the video guy william bryant so then what happens is some of this shit we don't know but this shit happened february 23rd so as i start digging into some of the details why these why these two people aren't arrested for killing somebody? And I want to caution, man, the, the 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 usage of the word murder in a legal sense, premeditation, motive, it's different things in there when we speak on this. When when this you go to speak on this shit legally and actually to to get somebody arrested and sentenced. And found guilty and then sentenced. That's complicated shit. But I, I just, from for the life of me, watching what I watch, I don't know how people don't go to jail. The, the, I don't know how the McMichaels don't go to jail. I don't understand how they aren't taken into custody that night and questioned properly in an uncomfortable situation to see what the truth is. Um... But what what I've learned in the last couple of days, doing a little bit of more reading and clicking on some shit online, especially these USA Today articles are phenomenal uh, resources of information if you care about this shit. <laughs> Excuse me. But what happened is what set this shit in motion or the defense part of it, the reason why there were no charges brought against these McMichaels for over two months. It's February 23rd when this, this shit happens and this, and, and our Barry dies. This is May, uh, like it's May 8th. They just were arrested last night. But what happened was the Brunswick district attorney did not get involved because Gregory McMichael, the father, worked at the Brunswick Police Department, retired from there some time ago. I think after he retired, he did some, he was an investigator for that office. So this individual, this district attorney of Waycross, I think is Waycross, Georgia, this George E. Barnhill. He writes this memo to the captain of 
the Brunswick Police Department saying that you know, basically there's no need to investigate. There's no need to arrest the McMichaels. There's no, there's, but he, the letter is actually, he's recusing himself from the case because the mother of Arbery is concerned about nepotism and conflict of interest with whatever she knows about McMichael working in some of these offices and the fact that he's a retired police officer. So this, this George Barnhill, and I would encourage you fuck being mad and fuck all the making strong comments online. Go read this, go click on this document and read this fucking memo that George Barnhill sent to captain jump. I believe is his name, not Trump jump is his last name. I didn't feel like getting his first name, but in this, in this, uh, this memo, he says, you know, I'm recusing myself. The Brunswick DA isn't involved. We're forwarding this on to the general office of Georgia for them to assign this case to someone else. And that part, that district attorney can look into the details of this and make their own determination of what they want to do. That is what he said. But then he goes on, he proceeds to go on and offer his professional opinion of why this is a non-issue anyway. No crime happened. There's something in there. He reviewed the video. And by the way, defense attorney Alan Tucker in Brunswick is the person who leaked this video and really got the ball rolling for enough for this, all this shit online to really culminate in these motherfuckers getting arrested last night. In my opinion, Alan Tucker. Um, but George Barnhill says, look, I've checked out the, which I didn't even know if a fucking district attorney does all of this shit, but he says, he puts his resume in there, all these classes he's taken. He's uh, been involved in, or prosecuted over a hundred homicide cases. He says that he looked at the he looked at the uh, the autopsy. He looked at the autopsy report. Spoke with the coroner, I believe, or the medical examiner. He said he watched the videotape. And he, he looked into Arbery's criminal record, some mental health history shit that he had access to, supposedly. And his final judgment was that after looking at all of that and seeing the entry angle of the, the bullets and the wounds and whatnot, he said something about uh, Arbery's level of aggression, the reason why he basically attacked the McMichaels. This is like saying that the raped the rape victim's skirt was too short, essentially. But he goes on to say that all of this is basically in line with what the McMichael said. They believed that they were following him um, because he had stolen something. He had uh, burglarized a property that was that's under construction somewhere right there that they saw. And I guess when he, if he did in fact even stop, when he came back off of the property to resume his run, 
he did something in his shorts or, or moved, you know, something around in his pockets. And this is what led them to believe that he had stolen something. And this is what motivated or compelled them to get in their vehicle and follow him and tell Brian, William Brian, you know, to film this shit, I guess. Um, another thing I haven't really tied together this detail, but they said something like they were aware of a string of burglaries in the, in the neighborhood recently. And he, and then they supposedly observed him doing this in broad daylight while he's jogging. And that's why they followed him. And then, um, George Barnhill concludes with all of this is consistent with what their intention was to follow him, detain him until the police arrived and then let the police take over. That was what their intentions were. And then he went on through some very, uh, loose interpretation of how the citizen arrests, uh, laws that they were in, they followed those to the letter. The McMichaels followed, they were well within their reason of basically apprehending him or detaining him. And there was no, basically there's not, there's no problem here. He said everything was perfectly legal was how he summed it up. Now he said, go ahead and, you know, and pass this on to, you know, the next, district attorney's office that you can find and whatever they want to do. He said, but, uh, you know, I'm just telling you, you don't need to arrest these guys. So that's how they go free for several weeks after the death of, uh, Arbery. Now, one thing that I am seeing, I have not read this for myself yet, but the police who showed up on the scene from what my understanding is, they had the intention. They saw enough in what they were, what they saw at the at the scene that they wanted to take them into custody and arrest them for something now I was not clear to me is did the did the DA how did they not go to jail that night I, I haven't tied that detail together just yet um just on the shit that I watch on TV, my wife watches every fucking night. She's watching Deadline or Heartline or uh, Headline or that all that murder shit. So you hear about probable cause, motive. I just don't know how, and this is a, a very sad thing for uh this man who lost his life how does how do police pull up and see a person shot a few times who has no weapon and then there's three other men and they just say whatever and that's the end of it just fuck it you know that's the basic, uh, you know, expectations have been satisfied here on your description of, you know, what happened and, uh, fuck it. We have a good night. You know, we'll get this, we'll get this dead body up out of your neighborhood and we'll be on our way. 
Like, that's fucking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So that's pretty much the background here. Incidentally, today, May 8th, would have been uh, Arbery's 26th birthday. There was a campaign online, a hashtag, run 2.3 miles, because he was killed on uh, February uh, 23rd. So run 2.23 miles and send this hashtag out, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, I'm not on Twitter anymore. Uh, So, and, and hashtags work a little differently on Instagram. But I did go out and say that, you know, nah, I didn't run. I didn't run or walk today and, and post my shit from my Vivio, Vivo Active Watch, uh, the Connect app for the for Garmin. I didn't put a screenshot out there participating in that. But I did read through this memo, this memorandum, which ultimately shut the case, tried to shut the case on... Um, an arrest being made and somebody explaining to, you know, in court and going through the whole judicial process or legal process to determine whether or not there was some fucking foul play here. So that's that. Um, like I said, video leaker, defense attorney out of Brunswick, Alan Tucker, uh, shooters, father, Gregory McMichael, son, Travis McMichael, Victim, Ahmad Arbery, 25 years old. Person, oh, George Barnhill in his memorandum. This is up on my Instagram post. He is an, an elected official. So there very well could be some repercussions to people who don't want to just let it rest at, you know, now the case is going on. If you read through that memorandum, you will see that George Barnhill wanted these facts to see. He worded all of this shit to, to support the way that he wanted this to be and go down and move on. So that's something for the people in Brunswick or Waycross. Uh, it'll be very interesting if you looked into the details, whether or not people in Brunswick where uh, Arbery lives, i presume how those people could impact anything over in um Waycross. I, I I didn't look at all of that. But um so that's that. Rest in power to Ahmad Arbery. And um it's fucking ridiculous that this man went out for a jog and and I supposedly he ran in that neighborhood uh regularly. So, um, my, when I, when I used to go to church, the church that I used to belong to, our pastor said regularly, and I've mentioned this on here, you just never know when, and he he said it for a whole completely different, uh, it was a completely different connotation or, uh, circumstances, but he said, you just never know who is thinking about you 
that you're not that you never that you're oblivious to. You never even thinking about this person, but you never know when someone else out in this world is thinking about you. I can't remember what he was applying it to, but here it is. Arbery never had any concern about these McMichaels, and they inserted themselves into his life and took his life. You know, all in some 10 or 15 minute, you know, period. That's crazy. I'll come back with this James Bird. Okay, so, you know, it, it's sad that people's feel, that black people's feelings on this, these types of incidences, incidents, could be disregarded, discarded, uh, you know, ignored, get over it. Like, I, I, I don't know how anybody could say anything negative if, 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 if a black person has a reaction to this. To sitting here in, 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 in America in 2020, and um, a few times a year, you know, you see these very fucked up videos of people that look like you, and you kind of place yourself in that circumstance. And I, I just, I just struggle with, like I said, th- those last few seconds in that video, that like Laquan McDonald video. Um. Kobe in this in this crash in this helicopter crash. Man, how could you be how could it feel or how does it feel to be that defenseless? And for in a, in a situation like Arbery, how how does it feel the last moments of the last breaths that you have? The, the, the last moments that you have in existence and, and, and on this earth, you fucking around with two motherfuckers that look like in comparison to him, you fucking around with Gregory McMichael and Travis McMichael, two motherfuckers you didn't even know an hour prior to this. That's some shit that that I sit in and I, I sit with that shit. Um, getting on. So in 1998, man, I, I just looked at the. T- I don't. I, you know what? I'm watching his last dance shit on ESPN, and I and I'm realizing. They talking through this this Isaiah Thomas shit. I'm a Pistons fan. They talking through this Phoenix uh, shit, Phoenix Suns, the Trailblazers. I'm sitting here now, like man, I don't remember a lot of this shit. I don't remember some of these players' names. I don't remember the series was Owen, you know, was Owen two, three, and O. Jordan. I remember him the sixty three points. Um, I remember some things, but I, I'm, if you put me on Jeopardy and it was a, a category of some of this shit of, on sports, I'd be fucked up. You know, I'd be I'd be fucked up. Um, here with this bird thing. Oh, but I say that to say, as soon as this shit happened, James Bird Jr. popped in my my mind immediately. 
And then when I just Googled it before this, as soon as Jasper, Texas came up on the screen, I remember all of that shit. But James Bird Jr., I come home from the Navy. I'm, I'm home from the Navy from San Diego back here in, in Dayton, Ohio. And this thing happens where uh, this, this incident happens in Texas where I'm not even going to go through all the details. But I just want to tell you, I was in 1998. I'm what? I'm like 24. 25. Okay? Prior to this, I don't believe I had heard a situation where a black person was basically lynched. I don't think this had happened. Uh, That's... Maybe it was some police shit. I'm not sure. But I hadn't heard this type of shit. A a flat-out fucking lynching. So James Byrd Jr., I'm watching the news, and and, and and three white supremacists down in Jasper, Texas. This is June 7th, 1998. You can Google this shit. Um, I'm just giving you that name because they're right in front of me. Sean Berry, Lawrence Brewer, and John King, they dragged... James Bird for three miles behind their pickup truck on a, along an asphalt road, and I believe they had him in. They put him in some chains or some shit, and that's how they killed this man. And that shit fucked, you know. That, that shit fucked with me then. I don't even remember the rest of the case. I do believe they. It looks, I believe they went to jail. Like I said, I'm not going all back through the details. They went, they, they did, they were sentenced, I believe. I should fucking look at that real quick. Um, I thought a couple of years ago, I, I remember them being released or some shit. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. There was a bird's lynching by dragging gave impetus to passage of a Texas hate crimes law, which later led to passage by Congress of the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, commonly known, commonly known as the Matthew Shepard Act. That was in 2009 when they did that. Uh, damn, Brewer was actually executed by lethal injection for his involvement in this crime by the state of Texas in September 2011. Damn, King was executed by lethal injection at the state penitentiary in Huntsville, Texas on April 24th, 2019. Barry was sentenced to life imprisonment, 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 and will be eligible for parole in 2038. I didn't, I'm sitting here talking about they were released. Nah, shit got real for them. And one was uh, executed in 20. 11 and the other was executed in uh April of April 24th 2019. I said it I said I had just heard something about this case. So that's that's what I heard. The, the dude was uh was executed. Wow. But anyway, um that's when this shit first started hitting me and the ironic thing here as I get ready in this segment was in 98, I just come back from f- spending four years in San Diego, California, in the United States Navy. And I'm going to tell you, man, I worked 
under a lot of white guys from a lot of different walks of life. Um, never had no problems. Um, you know, you you share you you live in a birthing compartment aboard a ship, and you, there is no more personal space. Whether you are whether you're underway for six months or a six month uh, deployment and a three month deployment, and you can you can get called out for an operation or some shit that you out there for two or three months, and you got people in your, up in your shit, you know. But um. In the Navy, I didn't have any work problems. All the chiefs and, and first class, all the people I reported to, the people below me, the dudes who was on the same level as me, man, for for four years, I honestly don't think I was mistreated by anybody in the as a member of the armed forces. I ain't saying that's the case, period. I'm not saying that. Um, I had a, I've mentioned this before, I believe my chief, when I first got there, there was a brother that I was underneath. He, he ran the team that I was on. He was a big fan of wood, not in a fucked up way, but he, he just looked out for me. So I did my job and was squared away and, and he showed me some favor. I didn't disappoint him except one time. I mentioned that in a previous episode. Uh, this chief comes from from West Texas. <laughs> chief Pruitt. Chief Pruitt. Chief Pruitt was like, man, I don't give a fuck how cool you are or what you think you are or who. What fuck all that, bro? Uh, let's do what we gotta do, and whoever I need to do it is who I'ma select to do it, and blah blah blah. Never had an issue with Chief Pruitt. Even when as I got out of the Navy. And, uh, you know, I won't go into all of that, but me and him clashed as I was getting out because my team was on call to go to Iraq, like for every fucking weekend, we, for like two months, we were on 24 hour or 48 hour standby to be deployed to the Middle East, to the Gulf for shit that was going on. And here I am with two months to go. Shit, I want to. <laughs> I want to go. I, I want to get out. Shout did my time. I had sixty days of vacation, and I was, you know, sometimes, you know, in most in in uh peace time times of peace, you can do a early, you know, your early shit and use your vacation and get out early. But because we're in the middle of this uh this this situation, I couldn't do that, and so. All this credit that I had built up and being on time, being sharp, uh, uniform-wise, and so on and so forth, uh, I start now. I start not shaving. I got my sideburns, you know, are, are unset. How long they were? How thick? How long they were? Uh, I'm doing. I didn't grew my hair out a little bit. I'm really out of pocket, admittedly. He ain't treat me wrong out of no racial shit, though. He just came at me man to man like, look, motherfucker, you showing me up in front of the team and that shit ain't going to be tolerated. And he came in. Uh, anyway, so, so but nobody treated me unfairly for four years. Then even out in the city of San Diego itself. 
I didn't notice the t- I I didn't notice it until I got back to Ohio that that shit that people <laughs> that people are on that shit with the with the racial shit. I never even felt that out in and and maybe that's because it's beautiful weather, it's space for every fucking body, so on and so forth. I spent a lot of that time on bases, but man, I really didn't I really didn't f- it it really wasn't palatable the, the the racial shit until I came back here. Um and then like I said, when I get home, man, this 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 James Bird shit occurred. Um, there was something else I was gonna mention really quickly before I moved on, and I might have just forgot it. But um, so yeah, that that was 1998, well, 22 years ago. No, 30, yeah, 22 years ago. I'm I'm I'm, I'm tripping. 22 years ago. Um. And then you know we get we 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 these things start happening, and then cell phones and, and uh, uh, body body cams and dash cams. We all knew about the Rodney uh, King situation from the early '90s. I was in the uh, military when the case came. I mean, when the, the when the uh, that's OJ. Anyway. Uh, just James Bird, man. Go out there and get familiar with that shit. And like I said, man, I we sit here and say it's funny how we get here where these dudes were executed and how these dudes were found guilty back in those days in Texas, which has had its up and down with you know with with with, with racial shit. I'm gonna get ready to get ready to talk about something in Texas in a minute. And then here it is, uh you know these these dudes went to went to prison and were executed. That's 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 crazy. I'll be back on the other side of this break. All right. Uh, by the way, James Bird Jr. was forty nine years old when this when this shit happened. Um, when when that incident happened. Moving on to this right here. Now, what fucked me up a few years ago, I didn't, a few years ago, Philando Castile, over in Minnesota, I believe. So, I don't know if it was, I want to say it was Eric Garner, the very big brother in New York City who was surrounded by a group of uh, police officers, four or five, and then the one dude who just got freed on this shit maybe a year and a half ago, the one officer snuck around to the back of him, if you watched that video, and I think he had his his baton, and he choked the shit out of him. He, 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 he choked the life out of Eric Garner and stayed on his back, rode him down to the ground, and basically took his life and somehow or another he was found not guilty you know when this shit went through the went through the uh, the the judicial process I'm not gonna rehash all of that Um, but I was furious watching him fucking choke this man and then there's four or five police officers on him 
this is when the whole I can't breathe thing came up as Eric Garner was telling them he couldn't breathe uh, this dude was 6'4 or something, 6'2 he was bigger than all of them he was easily keeping all of them at bay like I said until this one dude this one officer comes around to the back and in my opinion you know I don't think there's no doubt about it. What I watched was he killed the man. He killed Eric Garner. But I was I was processing that and I was I was struggling with that and I was fucking furious. I'm pretty sure it was that incident. And then like within 48 hours, I want to say this Philando Castile situ- situation happens where the two police officers shoot into his car he was in the passenger seat his girlfriend was in the uh was driving the car she's filming the 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 the, uh the traffic stop it was a traffic stop and he tried to tell the officers hey i have a uh concealed carry you know i have a gun i have the gun on me i need to get it or you know i think they might even told him to get it like we need the gun we want to see the gun whatever whatever because when they stopped him I believe it was his car and they saw you know the system tells you that concealed carry you know concealed carry uh, authorization or whatever that shit is and and so when he went to go to the glove box or whatever to get the car they just start spraying again I apologize if my details are aren't all the way spot on on how this transpired I do. I'm, I'm critical about that shit. But I had time to look all of this shit up. But what I'm saying to you is it was back-to-back situations of me seeing these unarmed men violently killed. They shot Castile three or four times, you know. And like I said, his girlfriend, his baby's mother, and the three-year-old, I want to say, or the five-year-old, is in the back seat. They shot this man because he reached for the glove box to get the gun that he either told them he was getting ready to get for them or they told him to get. And she's recording this whole shit on Facebook Live. And you see this brother basically expire on camera and she's saying something like please don't tell me nobody's calling an ambulance I think the the the, the first cop the, the closest cop to the car I think he was like an Asian guy maybe Asian and white he's you know a little fucked he's showing some emotions about what just happened I want to say it might be some gun smoking shit the baby starts crying uh, it's, it's a shit show it's fucked up and this man dies on fucking Facebook live now I'm bringing in and, and like I said this is these are two very vivid and fucked up situations within 24 or 48 hours I don't want to go to work like nobody at my job no, they don't know about it they're not concerned about it they don't nobody mentions it into their into their in their defense they might have seen it 
and felt uncomfortable with bringing it up at work. That might have been the case. And this is the thing, though. You as a me as a black man, this is what I want to fucking talk about. I want some fucking answers. I want some act some action. I want this shit to be addressed. I want this shit to have meant something. I want somebody to say this is fucked up too, Wood. I, I get you, bro. Like you looking for this shit. I go in an office with 120 people, and it's business as usual. I make it around to a brother. I don't even want to tell the numbers. I make it around to a couple of individuals, and we do speak on it. But me personally, man, just the way that I I react to this shit, I don't want to be at work. I'm fucking upset, and I'm feeling helpless. Like, you can't even go and do nothing. Now, mind you, in this time also, locally... We have a shooting in a, poli- in, a, in, a, in a Walmart. John Crawford, you can Google that. He was the dude holding the BB gun in Walmart. Two officers rolled in. Uh, a citizen in the store called 911. You can look that up. But anyway, the funny thing, not the funny thing, the, the, the parallel here to this situation with Arbery is that the Arbery video, I see that. May 4th, I believe, May 5th. And then the very next day in Indianapolis, Indiana, there's another kid on, uh, there's another black man, 21-year-old. I want to say his name is Sean Reed. I don't even know what the fuck is going on on this one. But he tells somebody on his live, on Facebook again, like Philando, and he's like, come get me, you know, come get me. The cops are after him. He gets out, you hear some shit, a few gunshots. And then one of the police officers, after he's down and, um, you know, expiring, you can hear the, the phone is still on live and you can hear the police officers, one of them being a black man. Uh, but it's something about, damn, they say, uh, ain't gonna be no, uh, gonna be a close look. This one looks like a, a closed casket, homie. And then the black man says something. Now, from, from what I understand, I, the, the officer in charge or the, the, the chief or whoever it was, the captain, the spokesperson, uh, from what I understand was in that situation, it was a black officer who shot the black man. I do want to include that detail in it. But this, this, and they stayed and went, they went on to say that there was a gun near the body. And I believe a taser was also deployed. Um, so that's Sean Reed. Also with that situation that makes it a little more weirder is that all within eight hours, a black woman who was pregnant was killed by another police officer. Uh, I want to say there was... I, at first I saw there was some alcohol involved and then when I thought when I read the story, I think I didn't see anything about alcohol. What I do want to stress is that this this black woman that was pregnant, the baby and her died. She was hit. She was walking. Uh, I don't, again, I didn't get all the details on that, but she was hit and struck by a vehicle and passed away. Then the other situation was 
And that brother, I think he was, Sean Reed, I believe, served in the Navy. He was 21 years old. Uh, the other kid that passed was part of those three that were killed. Uh, the thought that I saw on that, the story that I saw was he knew Reed and was upset and might have been upset about what happened. And he called the police to his location for something. And as they went to go into the structure or got out of their cars or went to go investigate, went to respond to the call, he fired shots with a rifle. And then whatever happened, he ended up being dead. So what I'm just saying is I haven't looked into all of the details, uh, but that back to back just took me back to the Castile situation. And then, um, Indianapolis comedian Mike Epps I saw a video uh, from him on uh, the Source Magazine's Instagram page which I just found out about that account a couple of days ago I have to admit I don't know if I'm a big fan of what they have going on with their their Instagram page but that's where I saw where he they posted a video of Mike Epps weighing in on the situation so that's that. Uh, Philando Castile. I want, like I said, I really believe it was Eric Garner that happened, and then within forty-eight hours, Castile happened, and it was just like, man, this this is really, this is really having an effect on me. All right, only two more uh, segments to go. This is uh, Daniel Shaver. Like I said, this this is not solely about, and I'm not including this to be all-inclusive or for no fake bullshit. This Daniel Shaver situation is some of the most, I don't think, actually when I saw it, man, the way that it happened is worst shit I've I felt I felt like I felt uh, let me tell you the story so this kid Daniel Shaver is this younger guy white male uh, is a pest control uh, technician I want to say he was from Texas but he's over in Arizona on a job and I think he he has a female with him. He's he's in a um a, a hotel, and some he's on the first floor of the hotel. And from from again, this is my recollection of what happened. You can read through this. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, he's at this hotel, and I think. Somebody at the hotel walks by. He has his gun that he used, the thing that he used to apply, you know, the pest control treatment. He's waving this around, supposedly in the room. And as somebody's walks, as somebody walks by, they assume that it's a rifle, and they call the police department and tell 
the nine one the dispatch that somebody's in a in a hotel room with a rifle of some kind. You need to check on it. This is this is from my understanding. So what this does, it sets in motion for cops to respond with a certain level of it's like a tactical unit of some kind. This ain't no dude, the dudes in blue, you know, officers with the you know, maybe with the gun and uh, just the normal police officer visit. These dudes arrive with firepower. And so, um, this is on the, this is from body camera video. So when the cop shows up, incidentally, Shaver, Daniel Shaver has left the room to go get some ice I think the female, they're, they're like talking as he getting ready to go get the, get the ice. And he comes around the corner and the cops are coming down the hallway with their weapons raised, their assault rifles. So immediately, you know, uh, Daniel Shaver is in mesh basketball shorts, longer shorts, and a t-shirt. I don't even think he has shoes on. He does not look like he has a fucking rifle on his person at that particular time. He realizes the cop is the the cops are there. And this officer, this was in Mesa, Arizona, I believe. The officer's name is Philip Mitchell Brailsford. You can find his article at NBCnews.com. Uh it's by Eric Ortiz. It's December 8th. 2017 was when this shit was was uh posted. It has the video of a very 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 fucked up ending to a person's life. This is like watching a this is like watching Call of Duty with the first person shooter. But real life. If you scroll just scroll down barely, you will see Daniel Shaver on his knee with this rifle pointed at him. It looks like it's got a laser scope on, on the fucking rifle. Um, Daniel Shavers, they, the cop tells him, uh, stop. And then I think the one, I think the female hears him like, look, she hears these, the, the, the exchange. And I think she peeps around a corner or something. And then the cop, they tell her to come to them. So she comes to them and walks by, but they tell him to remain on the ground. Really quickly, they give him, this officer gives him several lengthy, complicated commands to get on your knees, do this, put this hand, take your left hand, right hand, all this shit. And... Shaver is, he's shook. He is shook. You can tell this. So he's down on his knees. And then, uh, he might even be down on his hands and knees. And he's told to like, look at the floor or something. And then as the officer, uh, Brailsford goes to walk by him. I don't know if Shaver's, if his, if he had a muscle cramp or he just, he was so nervous, he moved. He jerked enough that this officer lowered his weapon down towards him, 
I think the officer was going to go look. I think they were going to go around the corner and enter the room that they were in and like do a sweep of the room to find the weapon or if there was another person with the weapon. I believe that's what they were going to do. But before Brailsford walks by Shaver and Shaver makes this this slight move, Brailsford shoots him. He sprays him. He lets off three to four, three to four rounds, and the video that that that's it. The coldest shit I think I've ever watched. The most, like I said, just the coldest, the most succinct, just a crisp, just the end of this dude's life. And when I when I watch it, man, and sit there for you to just be in a t-shirt, no shoes on, I literally could just feel how he he must have felt with these bullets from this fucking assault rifle ripping through his spinal cord or his back and and taking his life. Then Officer Philip Mitchell Brailsford. It was pictures online where he had some shit inscribed on his gun. Like while it was pointing at you, it was something on the on the barrel or something that said, you're fucked. That's how gung-ho he was about being able to use force. And it was other shit that I read about him. He had a uh, he had a Twitter page or I went to his Facebook page or something. He was hard. He was really with the shits. Before that was even a phrase, he was on his bullshit. Now, in this article that I'm, I just mentioned from 2017, uh, it was a six-week trial and Brailsford was found innocent and he avoided serving uh, 25 years in prison for second-degree murder. Um, it mentions that Shaver, he was sobbing, he had his hands up, and he was begging for his life in his final moments. He was fucked up that he had this dude with all this tactical gear and this rifle pointed at him. And because he couldn't keep it together and, and had this little twitch, it cost him his life. Um... He had a widow too. There were uh, it says that there were acquaintances. He was in Mesa on business and was with acquaintances at his room. Uh Oh no. I'm Oh yeah, so I was somewhat right. According to the prosecution, Shaver showed them an air rifle. It wasn't what he, but it was an air rifle that he used to exterminate birds. And then, oh damn, I, I'm sorry. Like I said, man, you, facts are important. Shaver showed them the air rifle that he used to exterminate birds, and at one point waved it outside of his fifth floor window, prompting a witness to notify the hotel front desk, which led to the police being called. And police said he that it, it as that he had been drinking at the time. Shaver had been drinking at the time. Um, 
and he said, he, you know, he said, li- he said, listen to my instructions. This is what to do. This was the coldest shit, man. You got to watch this video. He said, listen to my instructions or it's going to become very uncomfortable for you. One of the officers shouted. And if you listen to what he says on the video, man, this, you don't, you don't want to be in this situation. Shaver said, please do not shoot me before he was ordered to crawl towards the officers as he inched forward he reached toward that's it he he reached toward the waistband of his shorts maybe because of his knees dragging maybe his ass was coming out of the shorts or something but he reached towards the waistband of his shorts that action led Brailsford to fire his rifle he said he was reaching for a gun no gun was found on Shaver's body two pellet rifles related to his pest control job were discovered in his room. It's more to read there, man, but um but the Brailsford dude was looking to use his equipment and his training. I just felt I felt like that was that like I said, man, if you watch that video, that's the and, and you listen to how Brailsford gave him his commands and the coldness in his voice is the most fucked up shit I've ever uh, I've watched online. Very close to the, the Garner situation with the man being choked out. But like I said, you want to think, man, if you engage in 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 a, in a shootout or gunfire with somebody, like you have a gun for one, that you actually have a gun, and that you're behind some shit, or that you might even have on. I don't know, man. I just could feel the bullets ripping through this dude's body watching this shit, man. It, it was it was fucked up. And it makes me... The next time that you encounter police and say you have had a couple of drinks, some cocktails, just because you can't listen to the, to the, to the instructions or you're nervous as fuck, you could be out in the cold. You ever been out in the cold at 2.30 in the morning? Juiced up a little bit. Maybe you don't have your jacket closed or your coat closed or you don't have your gloves on and you shaking a little bit. And just because you do that, somebody could kill you and say you was reaching. Interesting. Come back with this, um, this, this, this 15, man, my reaction and what next. Alright, so I guess maybe I'll just leave this as the conclusion, you know, um, I don't know if the word is altruism or just truism, but one cold fact about life, man, is that uh, life moves on, living moves on, the world don't stop, sadly uh, enough, man, like this, this story, you know, some people are going to remember it. This mother has to live with it. Now it's shit is getting real for the the, the McMichael father and son. Um, but again, we're sitting here as a as a uh, as people that can, that are tuned into this situation. Shockingly, some people in my neighborhood in the in the community Facebook page, they tried to organize a walk at at two twenty three this afternoon, a two point 
2.23 mile walk. And I was kind of shocked that people in my neighborhood, you know, cared about this situation. I'll get to that in just a second. Oh, that's what I was going to mention. That's what I was going to mention. Just last week, as I was walking my dog with my wife, we walked past a white couple and with the social distancing shit, we went to move on and we had a dog. They didn't have a dog. Trying to be not be assholes, keep my dog away from them. Uh, we moved over, you know, five and a half, six feet and whatnot over into the grass and um, I went to acknowledge them and say hi. And they looked at me, they looked through me as if they thought I was subhuman and did not respond back to me. And then the female, like, just continued on, you know, restarted their conversation. And the funny thing was, like, when I looked, when I, I got past them, they didn't even have on clothing like they were like out. They were walkers. You know, a lot of the people we passed, they have on athletic gear or a hoodie, uh, walking shoes or sneakers. Uh, some, they, some, you know, the dudes have on tights under shorts. Uh, such a, These two look like for some reason they were just they just happened to be walking. I think the guy might have even had a bag, a plastic bag from like, you know, a a convenient mart or, you know, or, or the gas station or something. And I was pissed off that I even bothered speaking to them motherfuckers based on the way how they looked at me. But anyway, this is the second couple that I've passed by. We've been in this neighborhood, um, a year and a half now. There's another dude that's, I don't know where this, I don't know where this couple lives, but there's another couple who walk. I live on the corner, which is the entrance into this little plat. There is this one motherfucker that I passed by a while ago. I forgot what he looked like now, but I had mem- I had memorized who he was because I wanted to make sure in future situations that I don't I don't we walk by that mu- we walk by him like we fucking enemies. And I'm gonna tell you why it was turn it was more turned up for him when we when we walked by each other, my wife had moved. He was with his wife and like two or three kids, six and below. I want to say all of them. I, I hate running. Well, I'm gonna go there. So as we get near to each other, my wife moves over into the grass, and then I'm on, you know, our half of the sidewalk. And then him and his wife, me and him, were on the were kind of shoulder to shoulder, and then his wife was on the opposite side where she could have moved over into the grass. Well, they don't move over at all. Now, I've said hello or hi, good evening, whatever the fuck. They don't respond to that. We got about a step and a half left between us. This motherfucker doesn't move in front of his wife or slow up a step to get behind her. And me and him are getting ready to go chest to chest. And I'm like, I'm going to have to me and him might have to, we might have to throw hands because I'm not, you didn't already revealed what your character is and what you about. And now you think I'm getting ready to defer to you and, and, and get out of your way. 
like y'all just gonna continue down the, the, the sidewalk double breasted but I'm and, and nah fuck that bro so somehow in this little split second he realizes I'm not going no fucking where so he kind of slinks around me to to avoid touching me all together which was a very good thing so what I'm, uh, and, and you know, and I, me- I remember, I, like I said, I knew who he was and I seen him, I had seen him walk by my house a couple of times and you know, I just, I had a certain fire in me every time I saw that dude. Um, and mainly not because he didn't say hello. It was the hubris and the disrespect to think that I was going to get out of the way for him. Like, okay, you all, I already know that you think I'm less than a man. But now you think I'm going to play that out and get out of your way? Man, we will tear this, you know, we, we will tear this little common ground area the fuck up. But I say this to say because here, these two individuals, this uh, these two couples, the men in these two couples, I look at them more as the ops, enemies. Now that we know, now that I know who, who I'm dealing with, every time we encounter one another, there's potentially a situation to where something could happen. And since I don't I don't own a gun, we will be the household will be purchasing one. But um maybe he's afraid of me. You know what I'm saying? And maybe, you know, I'm a lot of my I, a lot of my co-workers over the last several years who were all white. Oh no, I got a I got a couple of brothers who have recently gotten into guns. I'm just saying, I'm saying this to say, I I know a lot of white guys who hunt and own multiple guns. I know dudes who own like sniper rifle shot. Like I I had no idea this shit was a real thing, man. I really had no idea until I moved over in, from from the from one part of my job to another, and had different conversations and and you know different work pace and whatnot. And dudes have arsenals, so I'm just saying as I'm taking all this information in, like I realized that I could find myself in a situation where somebody's not trying to fight. They have this quote, this fear of me, where he, this McMichael said they feared for their life. They, you see what I'm saying. So anyway, that that's that's what I was getting ready to get to earlier. Let me get to this reaction, my thoughts on this 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 Arbery situation, and just what I see going on online on and social media. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm baffled at some of the individuals, these, uh, these social justice warrior, pro-black, uh, militant, whatever, I, I, I struggle with some of these dudes who have significant sized followings and interactions, you go and see a thread of theirs, and it's 40 comments, and it's, it's people buying this shit that they're selling, and I'm sorry, the information that they give out and that they provide is, is, is full of fucking holes. Like, I can't believe 
that some people follow some people. It's, it's fucking scary. But um, I see in some of these threads, you know, and I and, and my my final reaction, especially into the to the uh, arrest last night, I was really sitting here, and I don't. I, I said this in a in a comment that I made on a partner's uh, Instagram post, but I feel like I felt like when there was no arrest and no process started to make this to get some justice for this for the, somebody to have to speak on what the fuck happened and why this shit played out the way it did and some people to be able to analyze whether or not the truth is being explained that there's any truth in this shit i really felt like without encouraging anybody to do anything and without making any threat or a suggesting what i'm ready to do any of that i'm going to throw that disclaimer out there I really felt like these, for these situations to continue happening moving forward, we're eight years beyond Trayvon Martin and and the Jordan Davis situation, and and we see people going free. Zimmerman, I can't remember the the older man who shot, uh, who shot uh, Jordan Davis. That one real smart brother down in, in in Texas, that was a cop situation. Uh, the one the one brother was in a carload of young teenagers, and they killed like this really good, really great young man who was at, who was leaving his party. But um, when when these things continue to go the way they have been going, and and never anything significant happening to these people and as people feel the need like I need to go buy a weapon now I, I truly believe that we need we need a weapon of peace <laughs> you know what I mean I don't need my wife giving me magazines or loading magazines for me no we need a weapon of peace in this bitch now that's that's the feeling now Especially in this COVID situation, these people going to the uh, the state houses with this paramilitary looking shit because they don't want to be told what to do. Like people are are, are uh, shit is different. So I would say, if you're listening to this, if you made it this far, you need to consider. If you're a female, male, I don't give a fuck. You need to consider purchasing a weapon and you need to get familiar with that weapon BT former BT back in the day uh you know news person uh Madeline Woods had an excellent post on Instagram about you need to buy you a fucking gun and the people in your household need to be familiar or aware with that gun cuz it can't be it can't be the um Arbery, what well, they called him while he was jogging, but the victims can't be the only, their family can't be the only person having a funeral moving forward. So what I was, my reaction is when there's no justice, there's no concern, nobody that should be doing their job, local law enforcement, when there's no activity, you're forcing law abiding people to eventually start considering criminal 
responses to resolve this shit. That's what's happening. Now, uh, get ready to, because and now and, and I say this, but then when I and I look at some of the tough talk in the threads, I saw a couple of sisters today talking about they want death. Like fuck it. And, and put it out there on Facebook or on like they want to see somebody in the ground for this coming from women. I'm like, ah, damn. Um But 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 and I think about that, and then I'm having the thought that I'm having, and then I go back to Tracy Martin, the father of Trayvon Martin, and it made me think that it really must be fucking difficult for a person that that isn't into killing, and isn't into gun fire or shootout warfare. What I don't even what if that's just not in you. I don't know if you can go through this situation because it's, it's brothers on in these threads now like so-and-so need somebody need to quit and that's the thing you just issue a challenge out to the world somebody need to go do something nah motherfucker you need to go do it because if I sit here and Google and do a Google map because the, the addresses to, to the McMichaels were online their addresses for both of them now, if I sat here and did a Google map, get directions, how I can get down there, go buy me a burner, cell phone, go uh, get my weapon, buy some ammunition, uh, maybe go rent a, go get a rental car. If I drove down there and did some dumb shit thinking that I got to be the one to make this right, hypothetically. But if I went down there and did this shit, and then the investigation, you gonna fuck up. Watching that shit that I told you my wife watches. The investigation comes back. They go see that I, I, I Mr. Woodson, he he has a, a Google map here that he that he accessed on May eighth. He went and purchased the gun on May fifteenth. He bought bullets. He told the owner, uh, the gun store dude, this and that. Uh. He bought this cell phone. He bought this uh, track phone, a disposable phone. Why would he have done that when he has a phone? You know, they're going to put the whole case together on you. And you fucked. And that's what, for me, like, I ain't, I ain't doing shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do anything to these people. Because this, it's no way that, I could, it's no way that I'm not going to lose my freedom. Or shit, maybe they killed me. But I'm, but I'm saying this to say, man, it, it just can't be that easy if Tracy Martin sat in a courtroom day after day after day and lived in the same city as George Zimmerman for months on and he never went and did what these people would like you to think is so easy for you to do. Now, that's the one thing that I'm, I think, though, you know, because you see the shit. New Jack City, the old school dude, comes out and shoots Nino Brown. When he when he got off or only got two years or probation or whatever the, the sentence was for him, and he was like, your soul is required in hell. Then you got Sam Jackson. I believe he was in that flick, A Time to Kill. Um, I was just looking at something on HBO, The Outsider, 
the younger brother or the older brother of the boy who was murdered in that series. Uh, he's a shooter as the uh, as they were taking Jason Bateman in for uh, his trial. He comes out of the crowd with the gun and shoots. He shoots up like multiple fucking people. He was just letting them go and didn't even hit Bateman. But we 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 put this imagery out there and it's in movies and shit. But I look at Tracy Martin and I'm thinking that it, it, it just must not it must not be that easy to just do that. So again, this is a situation where you just you just go online and, and, and say some shit and it's empty as fuck. Now what you can do is what I put on my post on Instagram at waterbed underscore reg. That's part of it. If you go and click some of these documents that are out there and read through this memorandum from this George Barnhill and understand how this shit is all put together. That's one sad thing from this from this Trayvon Martin situation. Years later, eight years later, no black person in the community was like, I'm going to get in, I'm entering, or maybe, maybe I just don't know. But there's no black person that, hey, let me, I'm going to go be on the city council. I'm going to go start attending council meetings. Somebody who was 17 or 16 years old, then I'm going to fucking Florida State University to be a, to be a lawyer. I'm going to change this in the future. Nobody went and said, hey, I'm going to run for office. I'm going to be able to weigh in on something when some, when some unarmed, some individual who was done wrong, most of the time motivated by these individuals being black in the future, somebody has to be involved in the process that cares about that person that was, that was killed. This shit right here was like a fucking, this was like a screen pass when this case hit George Barnhill, this was like a fucking handoff to him for him to clear the way to make his determination that nothing happened here. It's, it's no story here. Go on about your life. You can send this shit to whoever you want, but I'm telling you, I already reviewed it all. Uh, I know this and that. And I looked at uh, what's uh, the, the, the victim, the, the deceased has a criminal record. It's some mental shit out, some mental health history shit out there on them. This shit is open and closed. I've been at a hundred, I've been in a hundred homicide cases and I've been to seminars and classes and I've been in uh, 36 years on the job, which makes you wonder what else he's fucked up. So what I'm saying is the way that we can really help Ahmad is to fucking be informed and to spread facts and to come up with real solutions. And then for there to be some commitment beyond the second meeting, beyond the first meeting, or get your motherfucking ass up off the couch from the beginning and go listen. And I'll tell you to this day, man, when they shot the brother in, in Beaver Creek, 
Ohio at the Walmart, John Crawford. Again, I was at my job, fucked up. Sitting at my desk, not wanting to fuck with what I do for a living. They just murked this young man. He was talking on the cell phone to his girlfriend or fiance, I believe, baby's mother, child's mother. And if you watch the video when the cops came around and saw him, they did not spend four seconds deliberating what to do next. They saw him, saw that he was not a threat to them whatsoever, gave the nod to one one another, and they opened up, and he was gone. I don't think nothing happened to them either. So, in closing, man, like, and that's the last, I don't give a fuck what nobody else is doing. I don't give a fuck what nobody else thinks about what doesn't matter, why I do this. I hope that everybody that wants to do something positive, whether you just retweeted the hashtag or whether you called your mama and talked about it, whether you went to the vigil, I hope that everybody did what the fuck they wanted to do to get over this shit and to cope with this shit. If you wanted to go pray, like I'm I'm really fucking tired of people having to like do what's acceptable to somebody. I don't know why you wasting your time. Man, fuck that, man. If you did what you wanted to do, which was, you know, go to your social account, your social media account and make your fucking statement and you satisfied, leave me fuck alone, okay? If I want to do this, so I want to make a call, if I want to use these email addresses that they sent, like I said, I, I just hope that everybody did what the fuck they wanted to do because let's keep it a buck. In closing, closing, these motherfuckers went over two months without shit happening. And as soon as uh, Alan Tucker got this fucking video out there, within 24 hours, Gregory McMichael and Travis McMichael were in were wearing fucking bracelets, like what like the fucking criminals, like the killers that they are. And they have to go and answer for this shit now versus 48 hours ago. They had thought that they thought they had moved on with their motherfucking lives. And it shouldn't be that fucking easy. It shouldn't be that easy. Life didn't even skip a beat for you. You ain't even sitting in the inside of an interrogation room trying to get shit together. Mr. Barnhill District Attorney Barnhill from Waycross, the Waycross District, has sat here and worded all of this shit together for you. Can't go like that. So, whatever, whatever, whatever views anybody has, I'm not talking to anybody specifically, but get the fuck out of the way and let the doers do. My name is Wood. This shit is always, shit like this is always fucking personal. Sorry to have wasted anybody's time. 
Hey, I'm out of here, man. Stay safe, stay healthy. Until next time, I'm out.